Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and, and we're thankful to be able to share time on this radio program with Elder Joe Nettles and our joint partnership with Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, and Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. We would invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., and then also come out and see us in Starkville, Mississippi, on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. at 200 West Garrett Road at the New Covenant Church facility. 
go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You'll be able to find past messages and links to our iTunes podcast. And also go to macedonia-pbc.org for messages and other writings, articles, books, and content. Be sure and contact us through our website. Email us if you want to write us a letter. We'd certainly love to get that as well. And if you have any questions that we could help you with, we'd certainly love to do our best to correspond with you. So we'd love to hear from you. Please email us if you feel so inclined. Today on the program, we would like to continue our consideration of the will of God, and we hope this series will be edifying and instructive for you. We invite you to stay tuned for the message right after this song. Oh, 
Thank you for staying tuned here with us on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. We have begun a series here on the program of trying to consider the will of God from the scriptures. And obviously the will of God is mysterious. God's judgments are unsearchable and his ways are past finding out. So it's very difficult to discern God's will in our life. And I know many well-meaning Christians desire that. What's God's will for my life? Well, this morning we want to focus on three types, three aspects of God's will in Scripture. And they all funnel, obviously, from God's heart, from his nature, from his character. God's will is always good, acceptable, and perfect, as we know from Romans chapter 12. But there are different applications of the will of God in Scripture, and it's very important that we rightly divide those and articulate those properly. The will of God is very similar to many topics in Scripture that it doesn't always mean the exact same thing depending on the context. So today we would like to give you a general overview of three types or three aspects, three types of God's will as it's described in the Scripture. The first of those being God's sovereign will or decretive will, which means that God is the sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords of this universe has sovereignly decreed something to happen. And when that happens, obviously, there is no possibility of failure. And then the second aspect or type of God's will would be God's commanded will or his prescribed will, sometimes called the preceptive will of God. He's made a commandment and this is God's will for you to do this. And he leads you to do that. And he providentially opens doors. He providentially guides by his spirit for you to do that. But that is contingent on our voluntary obedience through the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we can quench God's will in his commanded will and his prescribed will. But even God's commanded will is very clear from the Word of God. So it's not difficult to discern God's sovereign will because it's His will and He takes care of it. It's not that difficult to discern God's commanded will because God has made that very clear in the Word of God. Where we will spend most of our time in this series is focusing on God's providential will and God's specific pathway of life that is unique to me. And God's providential will, as he guides us in his providence, is not right and wrong. God's commanded will is right and wrong. It's obedience and disobedience. It's sin or obedience, right? But God's providential will is not right and wrong, sin and righteousness. God's providential will, in many ways, is good, better, and best. God will guide us on pathways that is the fullest expression of God's will for your life, but we can squander that. God could give us an opportunity and he could open doors for us, but due to our own mistakes, we could not press into that. And that's what makes discerning God's providential will for my individual life so difficult because we want to compare ourselves to other people, and that's a real danger. We let fear get in the way and cloud the wisdom to discern God's providential will. 
So most of our time during this series of messages, we'll be focusing on the way in which the scriptures say that you can discern God's providential will for your life. Because I don't necessarily know who I'm supposed to marry. I don't know what job I'm supposed to take. I don't know necessarily where I should live to be the most prosperous in the kingdom of God. And you know what? I can make a bad decision. I could squander the best opportunity of God's will in my life. But many times, even if I squander the best God's still gracious even in our mistakes to give us tremendous blessings that are so much more than we deserve, especially when we make decisions in the past that were either just flat the wrong decision or maybe making somewhat of the right decision but doing it for the wrong reason with the wrong motivation. And I know I've done that in the past making not necessarily a wrong decision, but I was definitely making that decision for the wrong reason. And God is gracious to bless us in spite of that. But we do need to know that we can quench God's will in a commanded sense and in a providential sense if we are not discerning and obedient. We obviously have no ability to quench God's sovereign will, but we can live in disobedience to God's commanded will, and we can certainly live in disobedience to the leadership of God's providential will in our life. So, three different types of God's will, and the first one we want to consider is God's sovereign will. God's sovereign will. Now, obviously we know that God is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He has all power in heaven and earth. And what God decides to do, there is no human, there's no devil, there is no entity, there's nothing in this world that can hinder God's ability when he desires to do something. And by the way, that is true in God's commanded will and even in God's providential will. There are certain things that God, his intention is so strong, his will is so strong in certain areas that he will actively intervene to prevent us from making bad decisions or to force us into the right pathway. Jonah is an example of that. We know that God providentially put a angel to prevent Balaam from going in a place that was contrary to God's will. Many examples where God actively intervenes because of people's disobedience. And when God chooses to intervene, man has no ability to reject him. But also keep in mind, though, that God does not always choose to actively intervene in obedience to his commanded will and in obedience to his providential will. But just because God does not choose to actively intervene does not mean that he is not sovereign, okay? God is sovereign and there is, there is no situation that he cannot intervene and totally overrule that according to his will, okay? So just because we are highlighting God's sovereign will that has no ability to be changed, don't think that God's sovereignty is diminished in any way in obedience to his word and his commandments or in guidance in, in a providential way. But many times, and I would say the majority of the time, God does not just pick us up by the hair of the head and put us where we ought to do. Now, he may, he may correct our mistakes. We think about the story of Jonah, right? That God picked Jonah up through the story of the whale swallowing and spitting him right back up. He turned him around, but then when he put him back, he was very well inclined to be submissive to the will of God the second go around, right? And God is sovereign to intervene in his creation, to guide his people to do that. And he is right and just to intervene in whatever degree he desires to because he's sovereign. That's one of the privileges of being sovereign. 
if you're sovereign, you have total authority to do whatever you please. And one of those is to not actively intervene and allow people to reap the consequences of their decisions and their mistakes. So God's sovereign will, when God decrees something, when God sovereignly decides to, to act, there are absolutely no limitations to his ability to accomplish his will in this world. Now, we want to focus specifically on God's eternal will and his eternal covenant. Jesus talked about this when he came into this world. John chapter 6 and verse 38, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me which was obviously in perfect unity to Jesus' will. This is the Father's will that sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. I want to kind of fast forward to Ephesians chapter 1 in a minute. We'll come back there to those verses in John 6. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. According as he had chosen us in him before the world began, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So there were people that were given to Christ, right? Of all those that were given me, I shall lose nothing. Now, who was given to Christ? The elect were given to Christ in the covenant of redemption before the world began. And even here today in this world, we, we use a, a document to execute upon our death our wishes. That's called a last will and testament, a last will and testament. Well, before the world began, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, entered into a last will and testament, the covenant of grace that articulated the heirs to that will. So what happens when someone dies? Their will is enacted and the heirs receive the benefits of that person dying. So what happened when Jesus came into this world and died for our sins? Now all of a sudden that will, that eternal will is enacted and now the heirs have full access to the provisions of the will, right? And what's the provisions of the will? Heaven is the provisions of the will, right? Amen? Heaven is the provisions of the will, that we've been saved by God's sovereign grace. Now, there is nothing that happens in this world that can change the provisions of that will that was enacted by the Trinity before the world began, right? Nothing can change that. Nothing can change that at the last day, the dead are going to be resurrected. Nothing can change God's eternal will because it's been covenanted by 
Almighty God, the three persons of the Trinity. Now, when we get to God's commanded will, now God is calling upon sinful creatures to obey his will, and we have to be obedient to that. But think about all the parties to this eternal covenant. We're all perfect with no ability to change, no ability to lie, no ability to sin at all. So God commands us to do something, and we may fail, but what are God's promises? God's promises are always yea and amen, right? So when God makes a will, when God makes a covenant, when God makes a last will and testament before this world began, obviously his execution of that covenant will always be yea and amen. So there is no possibility that he will fail in that work and the execution of God's will in saving a people. And that's what we see carried out in the life of Jesus Christ, right? We find that John chapter 17, verse 2, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, and he give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. This is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. That was part of the eternal covenant. That was part of the last will and testament. Because how did that will become enacted? It was enacted by the death of the testator. And the death of the testator was the death of Jesus Christ. So when he, when he died, when he gave up his life on the tree of the cross, now that will is enacted. And now the heirs of that will, which are the elect, now have all the provisions of that will. And the provisions of that will are God's Holy Spirit here in time, in calling, justification, and then ultimately glorification and a predestinated, a predetermined destination, which is heaven. So there's no ability for that will to be quenched at all. Why? Because the parties to that will, the parties to that covenant are perfect, right? They can't fail, so therefore there is nothing as part of that covenant that will fail. So God's sovereign will and the salvation of sinners will be perfectly accomplished. Why? Because the God who's executing that will and covenant and testament is perfect. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Then Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. As the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be as it goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And that applies in many different areas. But remember, one of the provisions of that eternal covenant was calling. One of the provisions of that eternal covenant is that all of God's children would be regenerated at some point in their life. So when the Holy Spirit, when the voice of the Son of God speaks to the soul of the dead alien sinner, Boy, God's sovereign will has no ability to be rejected. Let's make sure we, we have a correct delineation of that. God's commandment to the soul of the elect child of God when he commands their soul to live, it is not a 
commanded will that it's voluntary upon man to obey. No, it is a sovereign will. So when his will comes and speaks to the heart of the child of God, there is no ability for the sovereign work and the sovereign will of the Holy Spirit on the heart of the child of God in regeneration. There is no ability for his word speaking to that soul to be rejected. God is sovereign in regeneration, and there is no ability for the child of God to reject God's sovereignty in regeneration. Why? Well, one of the reasons is because it's part of the provisions of God's eternal covenant, right? If one part of that covenant fails, then the whole covenant collapses. So understand, child of God, regeneration is not contingent upon your voluntary acceptance to let Jesus Christ into your heart. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus Christ is sovereign, and you are born again by the sovereign voice of the Son of God, and you have no ability to reject that. You have no ability to reject God's desire and sovereignty to born you again. Why? Because you are dead. Because you're not God. Because he is sovereign over the heart and the soul of the dead alien sinner. So, when his voice comes to his children in regeneration, it always accomplishes the thing that he sent it to accomplish. It shall always prosper, especially in the work of regeneration. And that applies in many other areas as well of God's overtures by the preaching of his word and the conversion of his people, bringing his people to repentance. And we have the ability to reject that in voluntary obedience, but we have no ability to reject that in God's sovereignty and regeneration, okay? Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or to say unto him, what doest thou? There's nobody that can look at God and say, you want to do this? And I'm going to stay your hand. I'm going to stop your hand. Jesus uses language in John chapter 10. No man will be able to pluck them out of my father's hand. In other words, you are safely and securely in the hand of God the Father. And his will is to keep you in his hand. <laughs> and there is no man that can overrule the will of God and pluck you out of the Father's hand. There's no ability for him to do that. Why? Because he is sovereign. All of God's children are safely and securely held in the hand of God, but also in his interactions here in this world and in our lives. When the hand of God decides to move in a situation, there are no limitations to the hand of God when he decides to actively intervene. There is no limitations to the sovereign hand of God when he chooses to intervene in the affairs of men. Okay? Psalm 115 and in verse 3, But our God is in the heavens, and he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. What a beautiful text on the sovereignty of God, right? He hath done whatsoever he hath And when God pleases to do something, there is no limitations to him executing what his will is and he desires to do. So what God desires to do, he always perfectly executes it. But sometimes, again, God does not actively intervene in every circumstance in our life. Many times he allows the children, as many fathers do, to learn the appropriate lessons. And he doesn't actively intervene in every circumstance. But when he does, when God does intervene, do not ever diminish God's 
sovereignty to overrule any situation in which he chooses to execute his will. Our God is in the heaven and he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Praise the Lord for his sovereignty and his grace. Next time we will consider God's commanded will and then we'll move on to a consideration of God's providential will and the discernment of God's providential will in our life. We hope this message has been a blessing to you and if that's the case we thank the Lord for it, give him the glory for it, and we hope that you will return with us again as we continue to consider the will of God in future messages. Thank you and God bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 And tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful.